0: You're listening to the June 4th edition of the Reading Through the Bible Together podcast, and we're going to jump in with our Old Testament reading in 2 Samuel chapter 22, verse 1 through chapter 23, verse 23. Chapter 22, verse 1. David sang this song to the Lord on the day the Lord rescued him from all his enemies and from Saul. He sang, "...the Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my Savior. My God is my rock, in whom I find protection." He is my shield, the power that saves me, and my place of safety. He is my refuge, my savior, the one who saves me from violence. I called on the Lord, who is worthy of praise, and he saved me from my enemies. The waves of death overwhelmed me, the floods of destruction swept over me. The grave wrapped its ropes around me, death laid a trap in my path. But in my distress, I cried out to the Lord, yes, I cried to my God for help. He heard me from his sanctuary my cry reached his ears then the earth quaked and trembled the foundations of the heavens shook they quaked because of his anger smoke poured from his nostrils fierce flames leaped from his mouth glowing coals blazed forth from him he opened the heavens and came down dark storm clouds were beneath his feet mounted on a mighty angelic being he flew soaring on the wings of the wind he shrouded himself in darkness Veiling his approach with dense rain clouds A great brightness shone around him And burning coals blazed forth The Lord thundered from heaven The voice of the Most High resounded He shot arrows and scattered his enemies His lightning flashed And they were confused Then at the command of the Lord At the blast of his breath The bottom of the sea could be seen And the foundation of the earth Were laid bare He reached down from heaven and rescued me He drew me out of deep waters. He rescued me from my powerful enemies, from those who hated me and were too strong for me. They attacked me at a moment when I was in distress, but the Lord supported me. He led me to a place of safety. He rescued me because he delights in me. The Lord rewarded me for doing right. He restored me because of my innocence, for I have kept the ways of the Lord. I have not turned from my God to follow evil, I have followed all his regulations. I have never abandoned his decrees. I am blameless before God. I have kept myself from sin. The Lord rewarded me for doing right. He has seen my innocence. To the faithful, you show yourself faithful. To those with integrity, you show integrity. To the pure, you show yourself pure. But to the crooked, you show yourself shrewd. You rescue the humble, but your eyes watch the proud and humiliate them. O Lord, you are my lamp. The Lord lights up my darkness. In your strength I can crush an army. With my God I can scale any wall. God's way is perfect. All the Lord's promises prove true. He is a shield for all who look to him for protection. For who is God except the Lord? Who but our God is a solid rock. God is my strong fortress, and he makes my way perfect. He makes me as sure-footed as a deer, enabling me to stand on mountain heights. He trains my hands for battle. He strengthens my arm to draw a bronze bow. You have given me your shield of victory. Your help has made me great. You have made a wide path for my feet to keep them from slipping. I chased my enemies and destroyed them. I did not stop until they were conquered. I consumed them. I struck them down so they did not get up, and they fell beneath my feet. You have armed me with strength for the battle. You have subdued my enemies under my feet. You placed my foot on their necks, and I have destroyed all who hate me. They looked for help, but no one came to their rescue. They even cried to the Lord, but he refused to answer. I ground them as fine as the dust of the earth. I trampled them in the gutter like dirt. You gave me victory over my accusers. You preserved me as the ruler over nations. People I don't even know now serve me. Foreign nations cringe before me. As soon as they hear me, they submit. They all lose their courage and come trembling from their strongholds. The Lord lives. Praise to my rock, my God, the rock of salvation. Be exalted. He is the God who pays back those who harm me. He brings down the nations under me and delivers me from my enemies. You hold me safe beyond the reach of my enemies. You save me from violent opponents. For this, O Lord, I will praise you among the nations. I will sing praises to your name. You will give great victories to your king. You show unfailing love to your anointed, to David, and all his descendants forever. Moving into chapter 23, verse 1. This song is still going, my friends. Uh, David needs to learn the difference in a song in a book. <laughs> and it's not, not the most catchy of songs, right? Like, um, David, who's going to remember all this? Verse 20, th- sorry, Chapter 23, verse 1. These are the last words of David. You know it's a really long song when you have to have an interlude that says, and it's almost over. Anyways, moving on. David, the son of Jesse, speaks. David, the man who was raised up so high. David, the man anointed by the God of Jacob. David, the sweet psalmist of Israel. The spirit of the Lord speaks through me. His words are upon my tongue. The God of Israel spoke. The rock of Israel said to me, The one who rules righteously, who rules in the fear of God, is like the light of morning at sunrise like a morning without clouds like the gleaming of the sun on new grass after rain is it not my family god has chosen yes he has made an everlasting covenant with me his agreement is arranged and guaranteed in every detail he will ensure my safety and success but the godless are like thorns to be thrown away for they tear the hand that touches them one must use iron tools to chop them down they will be totally consumed by fire, and that concludes David's very long song, or very long uh, song, rather. Uh, and what can we learn from that? Well, I'm sure there's a lot of things, but what stood out to me as I read it is that God's people sing. It's what we do. Uh, we we talk about God, we think about God, we worship God with our actions. But there's just something about singing that has always been in the fabric of God's people. The reason God gave us voices to sing is so that we might praise Him. And that others might praise Him for uh, the, the beauty that He has given some people to sing. There's a reason why I didn't sing. It would be a very long song to sing, for one. Uh, but for two, I'm not a very good singer. But that doesn't matter to God. I still sometimes, the only way I can express my faith or experience my faith in, in unique ways is through singing. Sometimes we can sing words um, that mean so much more to us than, than words that we would say. Sometimes the simplest of phrases, the simplest of stanzas, communicate what a book full of words could not communicate. Yeah, and that's why we sing, my friends. So, we don't sing to impress. We sing because it helps us worship God in a unique way. It's what God's people do. Verse 8, chapter 23. These are the names of David's mightiest warriors. The first was Jashahobim, the Hakamite, who was leader of the three, the three mightiest warriors among David's men. He once used his spear to kill 800 enemy warriors in a single battle. That's impressive. Verse 9. Next in rank among the three was Elaziar, son of Dodadai, a descendant of Ahoi. Once Elaziar and David stood together against the Philistines when the entire Israelite army had fled. He killed Philistines until his hand was too tired to lift his sword, and the Lord gave him a great victory that day. The rest of the army did not return until it was time to collect the plunder. Next in rank was Shammah, son of Agai from Haar. One time, the Philistines gathered at Lehi and attacked the Israelites in a field full of lentils. The Israelite army fled, but Shammai held his ground in the middle of the field and beat back the Philistines, so the Lord brought about a great victory. Once during the harvest, when David was at the cave of Adullam, the Philistine army was camped in the valley of Rephiam. The three, who were among the 30, an elite group among David's fighting men, went down to meet him there. David was staying in the stronghold at the time, and a Philistine detachment had occupied the town of Bethlehem. David remarked longingly to his men, Oh, how I would love some of that water from the well by the gate in Bethlehem. So the three broke through the Philistine lines, drew some water from the well by the gate in Bethlehem, and brought it back to David. But he refused to drink it. Instead, he poured it out as an offering to the Lord. The Lord forbid that I should drink this, he exclaimed. The water is as precious as the blood of these men who risked their lives to bring it to me. So David did not drink it. These are examples of the exploits of the three. Which, by the way, man, how would you feel if you risked your life to get somebody a bottle of water? And they're like, oh, thank you. And then they poured it out on the ground. (laughs) Like, you'd be like, really? I did all that? Uh, For nothing? Anyways, verse 18. Abishai, son of Zerai, the brother of Joab, was the leader of the 30. He once used his spear to kill 300 enemy warriors in a single battle. It was by such feats that he became as famous as the three. Abishai was the most famous of the 30 and was their commander, though he was not one of the three. There was also Benaiah, son of Jeodiah, a valiant warrior from Kebeziel. He did many heroic deeds, which included killing two champions of Moab, Another time on a snowy day he chased a lion down into a pit and killed it. Once armed only with a club, he killed an imposing Egyptian warrior who was armed with a spear. Benaya wrenched the spear from the Egyptian's hand and killed him with it. Deeds like these made Benaya as famous as the three mightiest warriors. He was more honored than the other 3 members of the 30. Then excuse me, than the other members of the 30. Though he was not one of the 3 and David made him captain of his bodyguard. And this concludes our Old Testament reading today. Beniah sounds like an awesome guy. Chased down a lion and killed it on a snowy day. I mean, that's just one of the most epic lines in the Bible, in my opinion. Like It's just one of those lines you read and you're like, yeah, that would make an epic movie. Another time, on a snowy day, he chased a lion down into a pit and killed it. We had quite a bit of reading here in our Old Testament today, Um, and so we will move on without much commentary. Acts chapter 2, starting in verse 1. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven, like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages. As the holy spirit gave them this ability at that time there were devout jews from every nation living in jerusalem when they heard the loud noises everyone came running and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers they were completely amazed how can this be they exclaimed these people are all from galilee and yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages here we are parinthians minaites elamites people from mesopotamia Judea, Cappadocia. Pontus, the providence of Asia, Figari, Pemaillaga, Egypt, and the areas of Libya around Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, and we all hear these people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things God has done. Let's pause. We talked about it a little bit yesterday, but the role of the Holy Spirit is what? See, a lot of people read these special, amazing things, and it's going to be like Pentecost, and we all need to be talking in tongues and and, and yet we forget the purpose of it was what? All of these people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things God has done. They're speaking about Jesus, who came and lived the perfect life they could not live, died the death they deserved to die, justifying them, freeing them from guilt, shame, and sin, and then rising again three days later, putting an exclamation point on what he had done, proving he was who he said he was, and he did what he said he would do. And that new creation was bursting forth and the good news the wonderful thing is that this is an invitation that if you trust in him you get to participate in that new creation being made new yourself and participating with god and making the world around you brand new that's what they were speaking in tongues about it wasn't just so that they could have a religious experience no they were speaking in tongues so that they might tell people from all languages what god had done let's not miss that Verse 12. They stood there amazed and perplexed. What can this mean, they asked each other. But others in the crowd ridiculed them, saying, They are just drunk, that's all. Yeah, because when people are drunk, they start speaking in Japanese. No, that's that's not how it works. <laughs> Verse 14. Then Peter stepped forward with the eleven other apostles and shouted to the crowd, Listen carefully, all of you, fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem. Make no mistake about this. These people are not drunk, as some of you are assuming. Nine o'clock in the morning is much too early for that. (laughs) I love Peter's logic. Uh, Come on, we're not going to get drunk this early. Verse 16. No, what you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. In the last day, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit, even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. And I will cause wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and clouds of smoke. The sun will become dark and the moon will turn blood red before that great and glorious day of the Lord arrives. But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So people sometimes ask me uh, if we're in the last days. Yes, but we've been in the last days for over 2,000 years now. See, as soon as Jesus rose to heaven, that's when we entered the period of the last days so a lot of people ask me like, when they ask that, like, do you think Jesus is going to come back next week? I have no idea uh, but I know we've been in the last days um, since this moment it's in, in the last days, this is going on so it's nothing new, and we do we await the day in which Jesus comes back and he restores all things to new and raises the dead. Uh, but we ought not focus uh, all of our attention upon that and trying to predict it because it's really no point in doing that we live right now Uh, being created new and through the power of the Holy Spirit the church ought to be recreating the world um, and restoring it being that beacon of peace and life while we're here not just awaiting the day in which Jesus comes back verse 22 people of Israel listen God publicly endorsed Jesus the Nazarene by doing powerful miracles wonders and signs through him as you well know but God knew what would happen and his prearranged plan was carried out when Jesus was betrayed with the help of lawless Gentiles You knelt him to a cross and killed him, but God released him from the horrors of death and raised him back to life, for death could not keep him in its grip. King David said this about him, I see that the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken, for he is right beside me. No wonder my heart is glad and my tongue shouts his praise. My body rests in hope, for you will not leave my soul among the dead or allow your Holy One to rot in the grave. You have shown me the way of life, and you will fill me with the joy of your presence. Dear brothers, think about this. You can be sure that the patriarch David wasn't referring to himself, for he died and was buried, and his tomb is still here among us. But he was a prophet, and he knew God had promised with an oath that one of David's own descendants would sit on his throne. David was looking into the future and speaking of the Messiah's resurrection. He was saying that God would not leave him among the dead or allow his body to rot in the grave. God raised Jesus from the dead, and we are all witnesses to this. Now, he is exalted to the place of the highest honor in heaven, at God's right hand. And the Father, as he had promised, gave him the Holy Spirit to pour out upon us, just as you see and hear today. For David himself never ascended into heaven. Yet he said, The Lord said to my Lord, Set in the place of honor at my right hand until I humble your enemies, making them a footstool under your feet. So let everyone in Israel know for certain that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, to be both Lord and Messiah. Peter's words pierced their hearts, and they said to him and to the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? Peter replied, Each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. That's what we do. How do I become a Christian? What do I do? Well, you place your faith that Jesus is who he says he is, Uh, And as a result, you repent. What does repent mean? It means to turn from your ways, turn from your wisdom to Jesus' wisdom, which is exactly what Peter says. Repent, turn of your sins, turn to God. And then what do we do as the first step of obedience? We get baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Um, Baptism isn't what saves us, but baptism is the first step of obedience. So if you truly trust in Jesus, then why wouldn't you obey the first command he gives you, which is to be baptized? That's what it means to trust in him. Anyways, continuing on, verse 38. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you, to your children, and to those far away, all who have been called by the Lord our God. Then Peter continued preaching for a long time, strongly urging all his listeners, save yourselves from this crooked generation. Those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day, about 3,000 in all. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. All believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. And that concludes our New Testament reading. Moving on to our Proverbs of the day, Proverbs chapter 16, verses 19 and 20. Better to live humbly with the poor than to share plunder with the proud. Those who listen to instruction will prosper. Those who trust the Lord will be joyful. And finally, we will move on to reading Psalm 122 in a posture of prayer. Generally, what I mean by that and what I would encourage you to do as you read the Psalms is you read a verse or two verses and then you pray uh, just however God would lead you. And when you run out of things to pray for, whatever it is, uh, you move on to the next verse because that's how we have a conversation with God. We let his word speak, then we speak, and then we let his word speak, and then we speak. But generally when the psalm is really long or the podcast is already running long, I just read the whole thing and pray at the end. But I would encourage you to um, pull out the Bible on your phone or a paper Bible later and take some time to, to read through this Psalm 122 uh, and pray in the form of conversation or pause my voice as God would lead you and have a conversation with God. Today it's only nine verses. Uh, But since our Old and New Testament readings were quite long, I'm just going to read it and then pray at the end. 122nd Psalm. A song for pilgrims ascending to Jerusalem. A psalm of David. I was glad when they said to me, Let us go to the house of the Lord. And now here we are, standing inside your gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem is a well-built city. Its seamless walls cannot be breached. All the tribes of Israel, the Lord's people, make their pilgrimage here. They come to give thanks to the name of the Lord, as the law requires of Israel. Here stand the thrones where judgment is given, the thrones of the dynasty of David. Pray for peace in Jerusalem. May all who love this city prosper. O Jerusalem, may there be peace within your walls and prosperity in your palaces. For the sake of my family and friends, I will say, may you have peace. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek what is best for you, O Jerusalem. Lord Jesus, we know in the gospel... Um, that you are uniquely found not in a synagogue or a house made with the hands of men but your home is your people the church is not a building it's it's a group of people those who are citizens of your kingdom and members of your family through trust in jesus christ his perfect life atoning work and resurrection and um, lord thank you that it is in that community we find peace Help us not to be people who try to live the Christian life on our own because that—that that is impossible. We are made to live uh, within community. And in this community, uh, there's judgment handed down. Uh, judgment not from men, but judgment from your word. And we hold one another accountable to it because we know that in it is life. Lord, help us to have this peace in our communities. Give us courage to get connected and to be honest. It is in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining me here for this June 4th reading, and we hope to see you back here tomorrow. Uh, Be sure to let me know your thoughts on today's reading or any of the readings, uh, as the point of this podcast is not just for me to read the Bible, but it is that we read the Bible together.